So who is smiling after the two weeks of, of uh, rain we've had? Who, who has made it through the last two weeks, <laughs> right? I'm like, this is a new experience for us. I, I'm, a me- I'm a melancholy person in general. I'm choleric or melancholy, so I actually enjoy it. But, uh, but, but um, I'm, I'm calling this sunshine today, man. <laughs> it's like, that is amazing. So the last two weeks, we've been talking about um, hope, faith. Uh, today is joy and then peace next week. We're in the season of Advent, Advent and we're preparing our hearts um, for Christmas. I'm so glad to see you here. So glad to see smiling faces. And, um, and I just want to say I'm thankful for Amy for she stood up early and talked about how our, our ministries are growing, our children's ministry, our student ministry, um, and they're growing and they're exciting. I'm thankful she has a smile on her face this morning. Um, a, a lot of our people are downstairs serving and um, serving just selflessly um, with smiles on their faces. Be praying for them. Um, be praying for our worship team. This, I'd say it takes, it takes a huge investment to, um, to just be serving in, in, in the body of Christ, like the church, right? Um, and and there's, only one, there's only one thing that can sustain what we're talking about today, our joy. And that's actually our relationship with Christ. Um, we, as, we as human beings, we... We encourage one another, we lift each other up, but, um, but Christ is really the reason where we get our joy. And so that's what we're talking about today. Amy, I'm so thankful for you, thankful for Cindy. Cindy's not here. Um, she's actually with her mom, or she, and so be praying for her. Um, she graciously has just been able to go spend time with her mom as she's recovering. I think she's doing a little bit better, uh, but be praying for Cindy. So, uh, so joy. Today's um, message is, is about joy. And I don't know about you, but the last two weeks reminded me, like, I, I need a little bit of joy in my life. <laughs> like, Myra goes, I think that you're, you're actually doing worse with the weather than, than I am. And I said, no, that's not true. And then meanwhile, I'm like, I'm ready to go to sleep now, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, um, joy. And we've already lit the two candles over the last two weeks. The first candle was, was hope. And the hope candle really is reminding us about the prophets, about especially the prophet Isaiah, who foretold about the birth of Christ. Um, the second candle is faith. And this candle represents the journey that Mary and Joseph had, the faith that it took them. We talked about that, that it took them, it, it was a 90-mile journey that they did on foot. Um, and I think I said 90 days in my, in my talk last week, and it was not right. It was more like 9 to 12 days, so forgive me for that. Um, I meant 90 miles. This week, we're talking about joy. So as I light the joy candle, this candle actually means we're, we're one week away. We're one week away from celebrating the reason that we're all here, honestly. Like, think about that for a second. I, I know that there was the church, and I know that, that before Christ there was worshiping God, and there were sacrifices, which is a whole other message, right? Atoning of sin. Um, but the reason why we're here today, the reason why thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of churches all over the world exist. The reason why we gather is because of the joy that Christ actually came to this earth. Um, Christ actually was born more than 2,000 years ago. The reality of Jesus Christ, and what I love to say, the life-changing reality of Jesus Christ is why we're here. This candle represents the birth of Christ, the joy and the great shepherd. They call this the shepherd's candle, and it's pink. 
So if you, if you can turn with me, I've got um, sermon notes. You've got sermon notes in your bulletin. We'll be spending most of our time in Luke 2, 4 through 20. So if you have your Bibles, you can use your digital Bible on your phone. I like the Bible app. Um, I'm a big fan of that. Or you could use your traditional proven written Bible or, or typed Bible. E- either one are great. Or your sermon notes. So Luke 2, 4 through 20. I'm going to read that for us. So Joseph also went up from Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem. Since he was from the house and line of David, he went there to register Mary, and this was what we talked about last week, who was pledged to marry him and was expecting child. While they were there, the time came for the child to be born. So they're in Bethlehem. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them at the end. And this is what um, Kelly was talking about next Sunday night. You'll get to see this. Like you'll get to see the manger and baby and Joseph and Mary. Um, and here in a few minutes we'll talk about, you'll get to see the animals. Like back then, I think they had donkeys in the cave and then a few sheep. So um, today I think we'll have a ton more animals, that probably ducks. And, and I don't know if they have a llama yet. I'm looking forward to llama at the mission. Um, sorry, let me keep going. And there were shepherds residing in the, f- in the fields nearby. I think this is my favorite part. Keeping watch over their flock by night. Just then an angel of the Lord stood before them. Just like Mary, just like Joseph, he's delivering a message in person. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be here for all people, for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel of great multitude. That, that's awesome to me. Sounds like heaven, right? Suddenly angel of great multitude in the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And so this last part. So they hurried off, and I like to say immediately, right? They listened and they acted immediately and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger, and they had seen the child. They spread the message They had received about him, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen, which was just as the angel had told him. So I'm going to go back over a few of these parts, because there was a ton said in, in this little bit of scripture about what we're celebrating today. In verse 9, it says, Just then the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory shone around them, and they were terrified. Um, And then I'll fast forward to this. The angel said, I bring you good news of great joy. And in that phrase, he's talking about, I bring you news of what? Of a Savior. Of the Savior, of of the prophecy fulfilled from all those prophecies from Isaiah, saying, hey, there is is a king coming. 
there is a Savior coming. He's talking to the people who are just saying, like, I'm done with this darkness. I'm done with living in this turmoil. Like, I'm done with living in all this sin and these tyrant rulers. Like, we want our king. And so the angels shone and said, your king is here. Great joy. Great joy is here. Today in the city of David, a Savior is born. So I'll jump to the next part. 15, when the angels had left them and gone to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, what did they say? They said, let us go. So they listened, kind of like what we talked about Joseph and Mary last week. The angels and God had a message and said, I have something for you. And the shepherds immediately said, let us go. Let us go to Beth- Bethlehem and see that the thing has happened which the Lord has made known to us. So they hurried off immediately. And they seen the child. After they've seen the child, they spread the message that they had received about him. Like, I don't, I, want, I like to say this because this, this last scripture jumps out at me like, like, go therefore, right? Go therefore and share, right? Like, go therefore and share what? About the great joy. About Jesus Christ, the Savior. And it's really cool because we're talking about the infant birth of Jesus, right? And, I, and I've always looked right past this in this Christmas story. Like the, the obedience and kind of the, the quick action and the mindfulness of those shepherds right there in that field to be able to say, man, we saw something, we heard something. The Lord appeared to them through angels, right? A message to the angels and said, I, I have something for you to do. I want you to go. So they go, they went and shared and maybe that's because of my marketing background, right? Like, uh, the most effective thing that we can do today is word of mouth. Like, it's not the fa- fancy technology. It's not, like, all these cool things that we come up with. It's, it's the word of mouth. It's spreading the good news. It's still 90% the most effective thing we do these days. Isn't that, isn't that wild? Go and share. The shepherds returned... This is their natural instinct. After experiencing a moment with angels, after seeing the Christ and Savior born, here was their natural instinct. They glorified and praised God. So this first line in your sermon, in your sermon notes, Christ's birth represents joy for all humankind. Like it's supposed to represent joy. I was thinking back this morning about my favorite Christmas memories, and I don't know about you guys, when you, when you got together with family, right? So we've got Blake, my son, coming up this week. Chloe's here with us, and Myra's dad, Glenn, will be with us. And uh, Glenn's kind of like, I call it, we call him a sophisticated caveman. He's, uh, he's, uh, he's, he knows all the golfers that, that are all playing, you know, the masters and putting on the green jackets. Like, he, he, he kind of uh, lives life in that circle. He's, he's been trained to golf by Jackie Burke, you know, who's trained by Ben Hogan. So if you guys want to go golf with Glenn, like, he'll be here next week, and he'll go golf in the rain if you want. Not lightning, but rain. And, uh, but I was thinking about some of my favorite Christmas memories. And I remember, I remember my, my favorite uncle, and everybody has a favorite aunt or uncle, right? So think your favorite aunt or uncle. When we got to my grandmother's house, my favorite uncle, Uncle Ricky, and he was the youngest uncle, you know, just imagine that, right? The most fun the most, like, let's go jump off the roof. Let's go, like, jump in the bayou. We li- we, they live near a bayou in Texas. So you go jump in the bayou with the alligators, or you go crabbing, or you go whatever. It was like a, it was like a boy's adventure. So we, we're hanging out with our favorite uncle, and I was thinking about him this morning. I was like, what? Why was he our favorite uncle? 
You know, was it the making the fudge and Rice Krispie treats together? Was it pulling crabs out of the bayou, blue crab, and, and boiling the crabs on the stove? Was it popping fireworks in each other's pockets, you know, because we thought that was funny to blow the back pockets off of people, you know, especially in our family. Um, <laughs> he was fine. I mean, I'll tell you what, I, I have like a million stories about Uncle Ricky. Um, he's actually a true Scandinavian, so he's tall, like red blondish hair, like Viking looking man. <laughs> he's awesome. Um, Uncle Ricky had joy. Like, there was something about him as an uncle, right? And think about your favorite aunt or uncle. They have, at least Uncle Ricky had joy. Now, like we, all of us kids would just swarm him like he was handing out $100 bills. You know, we thought he was like the best person on the planet. And we loved hanging out with, with, with him. That's what we're talking about today. Christ, the birth of Christ, brought great joy to the people in that era Imagine if it rained here, and it does, but imagine it rained for five years straight, and it stayed dark for five years straight. Like, the last two weeks is like nothing on that, right? I think we'd all be praying, Lord, please send us some sunlight, you know? We'd probably be having prayer. This church would probably be packed out, like 5,000 people in here praying for sun, right? And then when the day of the sun came, and the rain stops, like, imagine how joyful you know, and that's what, that's what that next day is sun. I'm still claiming this is sun, right? Like, that's amazing to me. I love it. That's what Christ's birth representing, except this part, for all mankind. Like, for all mankind. For every single one of us that have ever walked this planet, and even those of us who didn't have the chance to see life on this planet, and maybe here for just a moment. Christ came to be that joy for all mankind. So like Uncle Ricky, or like your favorite uncle or aunt, or like Christ, this is a yes or no answer, yes or no question. So I always give you guys questions, so here is it. Do you have it? Do you have joy today? Like for real, like I, I, if I was honest, I'd say probably... Seven days out of the last 14, I probably really had joy. Like, like for real, I got up and I wanted to make Rice Krispie treats and have coffee and meet up with my friends, right? And the other seven was like, Myra's like, what's wrong with you? Get out of bed. <laughs> go, go do something, you know? And I think I need to get out and start mountain biking again with Steve, right? So I hit the gym. I worked out a little bit. And I'm like, all right, like my mood's getting a little bit better. I'm starting to figure out this whole Kodiak, Alaska thing. You have to do stuff to feel, right? You have to action before feelings. It's not feelings before actions. Feelings before action gets you in trouble, right? Action, and then the feelings come. Joy. Uh, we talked a little, a few weeks ago about childlike faith. You remember it during Thanksgiving, we were talking about the kids' table, and, and then I thought that uh, maybe heaven is more like the table than it is about the, ad like the adults' table. The reason why I think that's true, like I believe that in all my heart, is because Christ talks about this childlike faith, that those of us with childlike faith, we're the ones that get to see heaven. And I think that's because he's trying to say, you can't have childlike faith unless you have joy, 
And you can't have joy unless you have me. See, joy isn't, um, joy isn't happiness. Like, have you heard that before? Like, um, a lot of our kids and a lot of our friends, like in high school and college, they're like, you know what, I just do what makes you happy, right? Like, I like to say right after I hear that, it's like worst advice ever. <laughs> like, do what makes you happy? Like, that leads so many different directions. Like, happiness is not a, it's just an emotion. It's a temporary fleeting thing. But joy, right, childlike faith gets us to joy but that joy we can't have without what? Do you have it? Or you don't have it? Christ. A relationship with Christ. These scriptures are saying, what we're reading in Luke right now is saying Christ is here. Like you, our great joy is here. And we've either said, yes, I want that. I believe that. Like I want what, what Christ really brought. Or we're saying, you know what? I don't believe that yet. I don't understand that yet, or I haven't really wrapped my mind around it yet, and that's, that's okay. But my point was about the kids' table, again, is kids have joy, right? Kids naturally have joy. They are naturally joyful little beings, and yes, I, I, I get it. When they're hungry, they're screaming, and when they don't get what they want, they do that too. They scream too. We can be like that, but we're talking about the joyful part. Today, in the city of David, a Savior has been born. He is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. This is verse 12. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger, and suddenly there appeared an angel of great multitude. So catch that part. He will be a sign to you. So back then, prophecies and signs and um, wonders, like we... A lot of what the Lord was communicating through his people were through signs. In this last part, Christ's birth represents joy for who? For all mankind. So let me, let me read something a little bizarre to you and give, give me a little grace because it's going to sound a little odd in the beginning, but I'm getting to a point, all right? So talking about signs and stories of prophecy I found this one. It's, it's a true story, and it's from the or 1740s from Native America. It's a Native American story, but it's, uh, it's claimed to be true. I'm going to share it with you. In 1740, the Skitwish, a small Native American tribe in northern Idaho, had a prophet chief named Circling Raven. Actually, I was asking Myra this week if I could, like, rename myself something cool like that, like, you know, Circling River or Flowing River and Maybe get, maybe a tattoo or no? Are we good with tattoos or not? And Circling Raven, a movement said he could com communicate with nature. So, so hang in with me. Bear, bear with me for a second. On the solstice day of 1740, nature told this chief that in a land far away, this is a true story, nature told the chief this, chief of this tribe, the creator who also became the savior of the world had been born as a man on that night a long time ago. This is from nature. The chief went and told his people, it was such a clear and vivid dream and experience, he went and told his people about this creator who had been born on that night long ago. 
They didn't believe him. They didn't know what he was talking about. They thought maybe he'd smoked the peace pipe a little too long or had something, something different in it that week. He told his people they should celebrate the sa- he, This is what the chief said. We were going to celebrate this creator's, this savior's birthday. And we're going to give extra sweet gifts to the children during this time. And he also said that the skitwish people should not fight with each other, that they should have peace, or even with their enemies during that period before and after this day. Right? Divine revelation, maybe. Maybe. Like, I, I can't, you know, I can't answer that. Like, you can't answer that. That's why these stories are so strange. In addition... The chief told, um, or actually nature told the chief that within a hundred years, men clothed in black robes, and this is get even more weird and more specific, would arrive at their tribe with more news about this creator's son and the world's savior for the rest of his life. Circling Raven, the chief, searched for the men in black robes, and he died never have, have seen them. So he, he, he had this clear prophecy. Like, he... He had this clear dream about this creator and this savior who was, who was meant to save the world and that we were to ce- that his tribe was supposed to celebrate him. And it was going to be confirmed by men in black robes. And he died. He never saw it. He used to sing a song all the days of his life waiting for this prophecy to come true. He sang a joyous song of the prophecy and continued the solstice celebration in his father, as his father had instructed him. Oh, so this is his son. And in June of 1862, catch this, a group of missionary Christians arrived in the area, greeted the son, the chief's son, with, and the chief's son with tears of joy <laughs> streaming down his face. He's like, oh my gosh. They shared the truth about Jesus Christ with this chief son in the tribe. The entire tribe converts at this point to Christianity. The, the men of black robes, the Christian of black robes, had finally arrived fulfilling his father's dream and prophecy to tell the rest of the story about Jesus. I read that story on purpose. It is bizarre. Like, it is bizarre, a bizarre account of the prophecy of Christ getting hold of a people that hadn't even seen God's word yet. And I, I get it. Like, we, we talk about this stuff in seminary. We can't discount it. Like, we can't prove it. Ex- all we can say is, you know what? Like, God has something going on in that tribe, and he had a plan to send his people to reach them, and he got a hold of them years before. He wanted to give them great joy. It was his plan at work, Right? I'm also hearing similar stories. I don't know if you've heard this. We had a few missionary friends spend time in um, Muslim countries. And, you know, there's a refugee camp right now just outside of Greece. Friends just got back from um, in this camp. It, it's built to really hold about 3,000 people. There are 30, like 6,000 refugees in this camp um, because the government doesn't know what to do with them. They're just trying to meet their needs. And what's happening in that camp is Christian missionaries are educating the children. They're investing in them. They're, they're helping meet their needs. And all the while, and this is why I'm, say, uh, why I'm telling you guys about it, all the while, story after story, even before they got there, the Muslims 
are experiencing Christ in their dreams and they're converting. Even in isolation and persecution, like apart from their family, they're saying that was so real. And it's things like, here, here's things, and I've actually had a family share this with me once, and we prayed with them at our church in Austin. It, it's, uh, it's so unbelievable, it's even hard to talk about. They said that Jesus actually speaks Scripture to them, like out of our word, in these dreams. He speaks Scripture that they'd never heard before in their dreams. He's telling people to do something, like I have something for you to do. A dream or a vision that led to a feeling of being clean or at peace, right, is what these converted Muslims are describing. And a man in white physically appearing to them. The reason why I'm sharing these stories with you is not to weird you out or, or, to, or to blow you away or just, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to help us describe that moment that the angels appeared to those shepherds back when Christ was born. Like, I'm, I'm trying to help us see that this is way more than just a story. Like, for those of us that have already said, I have Christ and I do have joy. Maybe not perfectly, but I have it. Like, I know, without a doubt. I might be taught, I'm trying to reassure those of us who have faith and have joy and believe this story. But I'm also trying to communicate that this thing, as bizarre as it sounds, this story of angels appearing to both Mary and Joseph and now to these shepherds, that these bizarre stories and miracles happened, this coming true of prophecy. Like, it, it just, I think in our Western American minds, we're like, okay, great story. Like, you know, I'm just trying to say it's still happening today. Like, God is it still at work. And even though we might not get to see it, or we don't even know that we're seeing it, maybe is that a better way to say it? That he is still in the, in the process of bringing great joy to people who do not have it today. I hope this Christmas story is more alive for you today maybe than before you walked in through the doors. So this next part in your sermon, it's Christ was born for you, for me, and this last part, this last part maybe I'm, I'm super passionate about and you, you've figured it out yet or you haven't, and for all those who have not yet heard right? Like, I actually believe that we're called to be kind of like our Coast Guard or our armed forces. Like, I actually believe that we're called to be on mission. Like, someone asked me, what are my plans for, like, wanting to decorate the church and all that? Like, my biggest, my favorite thing that we could do is put, we're on mission for Jesus <laughs> somewhere. Like, on the side of the building, we're on mission for Jesus. That's what this place is about. Like, we're on mission to bring great joy to those who haven't heard yet. John 3.16, you already know it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son on Christmas night. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have what? Great joy. Because what? Because they have everlasting life. And it starts now. That's the fun part. Once you realize that this everlasting life like actually starts today, it, it doesn't start when we leave this earth. 
I'm like, we're actually living the first part of our everlasting life. Those of us who have the great joy, who have Christ, we can trust God is at work. So, ha- so having joy is, is this, and I'll get to the practical side. Having joy is simply this, going, all right, God, I trust you. Right? Like, I, I've already talked about being a control freak, right? Who, who in here is a, a little bit of control freak? Who, who wants to admit it? Like, I'm a, I'm a little bit of a control freak. Being a control freak leaves you, what, with very little joy. <laughs> it just, it like, doesn't it? Like, because how many things go our way during the week? May, maybe one, maybe two, couple things, right? And then we have joy. That's actually not joy. That's, again, that's happiness. Having joy means I trust you, God. Like, it's not about my plan. It's about what you're trying to do here, what you are doing and you're actually just trying to invite me into it. Invite us into it. Trusting Christ um, gives us joy and peace now. Like, that's actually what Christmas is all about. Christ was born so that we would have what? This is straight from the angels. I want you to share the good news about the great joy that we can have. So your next part in your summary note says joy. Oh, this is, this is my, probably my favorite definition ever. And I stole it from another pastor. I can't even take credit for it, but I wanted to share it today. It says joy and peace is what? The calm assurance knowing what God is doing is best. You ever thought about that? The peace I have, the trust I have, is all really about knowing or trusting what he is doing is best. So even when things aren't working out exactly how I planned, control. <laughs> or, or how I wished, control. You know, is saying, all right, God, you have a plan. And, as, and, 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 and dare I say this, as painful as this, maybe whatever it is that we're in, or as fun as this season that we're in, whether it's pain or joyful, it doesn't matter. Like, the question is, do you trust, do we trust, do I trust that God's at work? And we can take joy in that. Right? So here's the truth. And, and it's interesting that I'm talking about this as we near, near Christmas, but I, 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 I have to think, probably like me, a lot of your lives don't always go perfect, right? So not every day is a joyful day. So yes, there is pain in this world. Yes, bad things do happen and are happening. But yes, we also get an opportunity to say, I'm going to take joy today because I'm trusting today in what Christ is doing. I have made the choice, the decision to choose joy. Like that's a, I don't know about you, but that's a daily denying myself thing, right? Like I'm denying myself, I'm taking up the cross and I'm following Christ. Because why? Because I want to have joy. Like, I want to live with joy. I want to be a light. God is just saying, I love you. I made you. Like, I promise. I have a plan. That's what we're celebrating Christmas is the kind of, I'd say, the midpoint of this plan. And then it continues forward. And I want you to be a part of it. I love you. Please trust me. And I have a plan. So I, I ran into a, a song from some great philosophers this week, Rob Bass and DG e, DJ Easy Rock. Anybody remember that song, Joy and Pain? 
right? So sorry, I'm, a, I'm an 80s guy, so I'm going to bring it up. Always present joy and pain. Over and over, you can be sure there will be sorrow, but you will endure. Where there's a flower, there's the sun and the rain. Oh, and it's wonderful. They're both one and the same. Think about that, the sun and the rain. Because joy and pain are like sunshine and rain. And then the last part says, sing it now, who? God's children. It's from a rap song from the 80s, you know? <laughs> I used to dance to that one. I think you should, you'd break dance in Pizza Hut, actually, on the wood floor, you know, the parquet floor. Anyway, that, w- that was for extra fun money. Um, and I, I can't do it anymore. I'd snap my neck, my neck or my back, so I'm not going to try. So whoever wants to can. Sing it now, God's children. That's a miracle, right? That God's praises, his joys is being proclaimed through a rap song from the 80s. I, I love it. John 16.33 says, I have told you these things so that in me you will have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, have joy. I have overcome the world. Psalm 94.19 says, When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought joy to my soul. This is from David, Psalm 94.19. Joy is present we just have to choose it. I know I've probably said that word like a hundred times now in this sermon, but it, it is, it's a daily choice. Like thankfulness, peace, love, kindness, joy. Like we have to say, all right, God, it's not about me. The other, the other thing I always like to say is that like I resign as CEO of the universe because I'm terrible at it, Right? Like, God, I, I, I way trust your plan better than mine. Take joy. So I've got one more to read, um, and then I'll get towards the finish line. But Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, you already know it. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind with great joy in Christ Jesus. They're the same thing. He's talking about guarding our hearts and our minds because He is who He is and He is in control and He did come on Christmas night. He's just, he just asking us to choose Him. The Holy Spirit is at work in each of us. Do you believe it? For those of us that have accepted Christ, the Holy Spirit is at work in each of us. Amen? And I think some of us have allowed that Holy Spirit to just stay at a whisper level, which is, which is awesome. I'm glad that He's whispering to you. And some of us have decided to turn that volume way up and said, just speak to me. Show me how to have joy and and in all the things, right? In every little thing of every day. You know, my prayer is, Father, like, use me today. Father, give me peace. Like, Father, help me be loving. Even when I don't feel like being loving. Right? That's joy. That's joy. I'm going to read Luke, the Christmas story, one more time. 
And as I do that, we can have the band come back up and, and finish. But let me read this and, and just pay attention to the words again as I read this. And, and then I'll finish with this last question. Do you have it? Do you really have this story in your heart? Like, do you really have your arms around Christ and Him being born and saying, hey, like, have all of me. Just give me your joy. Like, take the rest and do what, with it what you will. I trust in you. So let me read this. Luke 2. I'm going to start in 6. While Joseph and Mary were in Bethlehem, while they were there, the time came for her child to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them at the end. And there were shepherds residing in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Just then the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord showed around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the city of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And then I'll finish with this last part. And the shepherd said, actually an angel said, a great multitude of heavenly hosts appeared, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth to men of whom favor rests. Will you pray with me? Yeah. Father, we love you. And Father, I thank you um, that it's always been your plan. The prophecies, God, those who are obedient, those of us who, who aren't obedient, Father, you cause all things to work together for your good and the good of those who love you. And I am so thankful for that night that Christ was born. I am so thankful that we have a Savior. Father, and I'm so thankful that you allow us to choose to trust in him. Father, thank you for giving us great joy. And thank you for the daily reminders that we get to choose you. We love you. Thank you for being with us during these Christmas holidays, uh, during these, this Christmas season. Thank you for reminding us that you're at work. Um, I just ask uh, that you let us see you. In Jesus' name, amen.